This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, good morning. I'm so glad to uh, be here with you. Um, You know, when uh, I was approached about having the opportunity to speak, I was like, what's it going to look like during that time? And this was back when uh, we were still live streaming. There was nothing else. And so uh, I'm, I'm beyond excited to actually have people in the room with me. So I was like, I like hearing myself talk, but I don't know if I can do that for 30 minutes. That's a lot. That's a lot of me. But uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, have some fun today and just, you know, really get to understand a little bit more about the word and how when we pray and we apply this into our everyday lives, how God can continue to move. And so uh, for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Matt Bolin. I'm uh, one of the board members here at the church. Uh, been here, I was on staff for 11 years, and uh, it's crazy to think. But uh, I was here for a while and uh, have transitioned over to Trinity Christian School and have been a part of that team for a little bit. Uh, but I've always been a member here and, and loved it, and so I'm really honored to be able to be able to stand back up here and share a quick message and thoughts with you. So um, I I shared this in the first service, and I want to share this again with everybody in those uh, live stream. Um, It is so vitally important for every one of us to take time. When we hear the word of God, there's something that happens and triggers inside of you when you write out notes. It actually uh, is a scientific, um, I've done some research on this, and, and scientifically you actually remember more of that. Um, anytime that you write it out. And so one of the best things that I would tell you to do is to find yourself a notebook, is to find yourself a piece of paper. Uh, you can find anything that you can find around you. And if you don't have any of that, grab your phone out. In your phone, there's always a notepad, there's something. Jot down these notes. And, and it doesn't have to be the whole sermon, but there's some scriptures I'm going to talk about today. And one of the things I want you to understand is I want you to be able to learn to apply the word to God into your prayer life. And when you learn to apply it into your prayer life, it changes everything. It changes the way that we view, the way that we speak, the way that we live, the way that we walk. Because the more we continue to speak, the more that it gets inside of us. And the more it gets inside of us, eventually it comes out. And when it comes out, you're kind of shocked. Because I know I was the first time. I was like, oh, wow. I really did apply the Word of God to my walk. And so I highly encourage you. If you don't have a piece of paper, get your phone out, take notes today, even if you just write down the scriptures. And the only other things you need to, if there's something that is said during the sermon that really hits home, put that down. It is so important because you will go sometime during this week or the next couple weeks and you will find yourself in a moment where you need something to hold on to, to grab onto. And this is the moment that it may be this thought or this scripture you're going, oh, that's right, I can do this. And so it's huge. So I I just highly encourage you to do that. Take advantage of those moments. So, well, we're going to speak today on the power of praying the word. And so if you have your notes, if you have that, that's the title, The Power of Praying the Word. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um, I'm going to cover two other scriptures ahead of that, uh, and I'll get to those really quick. So if you're really good at clicking on your phone or switching, uh, turning pages, Um, They're going to be in Hebrews and Matthew, so they'll be there. But let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get started. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the word and its truth in our everyday lives. I thank you for the ability you give us to be able to apply the word of God. And so, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. And I pray, Father, that for every person that is in this room or that is watching this live stream, I pray, Father, that you would touch their hearts. 
Lord, that today during this sermon that you would help me to speak this with simplicity and clarity. Father, that you would give me thoughts, phrases, ideas, illustrations to be able to drive home points and help people to understand how much you truly love them. And Father, not only that, that you would give me things that I may not have thought of so that it would be an illustration that would touch home to somebody to remind them how good you truly are. And so, Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I pray and ask for your blessing and peace upon all that we do. I acknowledge you in all my ways. And, Father, lead me down the path as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the truth of the word of God is key to our everyday lives. It is a key to walk in any life. It's the key that we have to understand. The value of this word in our life is so impactful. We have to make the choice. See, when I start to apply this word of God, it changes the way that I walk, the way I talk, and the way I think. See, I always used to say these thoughts that, you know, everything starts with a thought. All of a sudden, when you continue to think on that thought, it starts to become something inside of you. When that something inside of you starts to come, it becomes an action. And when that becomes an action, you continue to do it again and again, it becomes a habit. And eventually it becomes permanent. But it starts with a thought. And the more we choose to dwell on that thought, whether good or bad, it affects everything. That's why the Bible teaches us, cast all thoughts under the Lord. Cast all thoughts. Don't give way to vain imagination. Because the power of our thoughts lead to action. The actions lead to habits. The habits lead to permanence. And that's what it comes back down in our life, is that we want to apply the good things to become habits. The habits become permanent. And that's what it comes back down to. See, we all have a place in this world that we are called to. This is only found in the presence of the Lord, though. Because he is the only one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, as I was preparing this message and I was thinking about this, I remember when I was a child, we were driving down, and I think we were headed down to the White Sands down in New Mexico. And this is back in the day when the speed limit was just 55. And it was like, people look forward to vacations. I knew when we had to drive somewhere, I was like, oh. See, my parents couldn't afford to fly anywhere. We, we drove everywhere. And so I remember we were driving down there and you would look out to the right and you would look at this in the distance and it looked like there was a body of water that was out there. See, it was called a mirage. See, a lot of times in life, this is kind of what we do. So here I am driving down the highway at 55 miles an hour with an air conditioner that doesn't work and a 100 degree day. Tell me how much fun that is as a child. That is where dreams are made, let me tell you. And so as we're going through this and I'm looking out to the side, I would see that what looked like a body of water. And I was like, dad, can we go over there? Or mom, can we go over there? Because if we go over there, we're going to find water and I'll jump in the water and cool down. And then we can drive 55 miles an hour for however long you want to go, but I'll be cool. I'll be back to a normal temperature. You see, the thing about life is we chase after mirages way too much. See, the world is not the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, the only one that has ever done that is the Lord. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we read the word of God and we read about King David, how he was in the wilderness and he was going through all these things, remember the same God that was with him, the same God that was with Moses, the same God that was with Sarah, the same God that was with Abraham. And you could go on and on and on is the same God we have today. But not only that, he's the same God we have tomorrow. 
See, the world will always put out a picture that says when you get here, you find what you're looking for. The problem is when you get there, you think that's the answer, you take that up, and all of a sudden you realize it's not what you need. But you look to the left and, oh, that's what I need. So now you make your way and you trek all the way over here to find that answer. Okay, that will give me satisfaction. You pick that up and that's not it. And all of a sudden it's over here. It's forever changing. See, the only way to have true peace is to know the word of God and apply it into our everyday life. Because this is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, you and I are either going to apply the word of God to our lives or we're going to apply the word of the world to our lives. We have to make the decision. Listen, the world is screams loud. There's a scripture that talks about that the man stood before the mountain and there was a fire, there was wind, there was an earthquake, there was all this massive noise, all these big things. And it says, yet the Lord was not found in any of those. It says that in, after all that, yet there was still a small voice. He said, that's where the Lord is. See, the Lord doesn't have to be big, powerful, all these things, because he is already that. He doesn't have to show you how big, because he already is. See, this is a decision we choose to make. When we walk through this, we have to make the choice. See, that's the difference with God. Not only does he put a dream in your life, a calling, a purpose, a place that you're called to at this moment. But he walks with you during it. Not only does he walk with you during it, he encourages you, he motivates you, he continues to give you the word of God. And as he's walking beside you during it, he simply says this, anything that's in your path that's a burden to you, give it to me, I'll take it. See, too many times we put the backpack on and we're carrying it. It's all this weight and we're getting tired. We're getting worn out and Jesus is standing there saying, let me carry it. Let me carry it. Let me carry it. Just let me have it. If you'll give that to me, it'll make it a lot easier on you. And you're like, yeah, but I have to. See, the word never said you have to carry the burdens. It says, cast all your cares and anxieties on me for I care for you much. Those are the things that we choose to make. This is what it comes back down to. See, that's the difference with God. He's there with you, he's there to help you, he's there to motivate you, and he's there to take out any burdens or stones that are in your way. That's why it's so important that we learn the value of scriptures in our lives. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, and I'm gonna read this real quick and then we're gonna get to 2 Timothy. This is how powerful the word is. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the joints and marrows. It exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. See, this thing right here, it helps me. It points out things that are wrong on the inside. See, a lot of times we have these dark spots in us. These spots that we cover up, the spots that we don't want anybody to see because they're past hurts, pains, whatever it may be. There's a lot of things that we cover up that we think, I'll just deal with that myself. But the Lord says, no, let me shine the light on that. The problem is when light is shined on it, it reveals what that is. And we're so embarrassed by those things that we don't want to show God. The problem is God was there with you when you did it anyways. He's always known about it. And he's never changed the way he's felt or thought about you from that day. This is what it comes back down to. The reason why God wants to reveal that is he wants to heal that. See, when uh, over Christmas we gave our kids uh, a present I never really thought we would do. 
we, we just were busy in life, but uh, we gave our kids um, a new puppy. And so um, in February, we picked up our, our little puppy, Golden Retriever. His name's Boomer. And so we picked Boomer up, and we were super excited to have him. And, man, he was just, he's lovey, he's kind, he's a great dog. We, we've loved having him. And um, we were taking Boomer out for a walk, my wife and I. And, and here's the thing about Boomer. Boomer, everybody he comes to was there to see him. Like, he's super excited. Like, like I mean, you could be across the street, and he's like pulling us over there. I need to go say hi to these people. And, oh, I need to go say hi to these people. And he is so friendly, and he's so kind. And so we're taking him for a walk, and we're walking this way, and he's doing this. I mean, he's back and forth going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to get everywhere. And when he's running one time back over, because there's some people over here, he runs across a little plant that has thorns in it, and he steps on it. And he steps, and it gets right between the pad. So not, it's kind of in, and it's on his skin. So every time he steps, he starts yelping. So he takes another step, and he yelps. And then he, but he's, he's got to get over to those people. So he's trying to fight, he's trying to fight, and he's trying to fight. And, and he takes another step, and he yelps. And he takes another step, and he yelps. And, and at that point, I'm like, come here, let me see you. And I'm trying to pull him back, and he's trying to get over there. But every time he takes a step, it hurts even worse. And so he tries to figure out how not to make it hurt so he can do what he wants to do. So he lifts that leg up, and he tries to go, and he can't run very fast. And so he just stops, and he lays down. So I finally got over there, and I, I lifted his leg up, and I found the thorn, and I pulled the thorn out. And I put him back down and he very gingerly puts weight on it and he realizes it doesn't hurt anymore. And all of a sudden he's off. He's ready to go back to what he wanted to do. See, that's the thing that we deal with in life is that there's a lot of times in life we think, well, I've got to continue to get to where I want to go. Even though you're hurt, Lord, I can't show you that. See, if I had not dealt with that, if Boomer still had that thorn in his foot today, he would never be the same. But because he stopped and allowed me to help him, he's back to normal. He's back to the fun-loving dog, runs on all four feet, doesn't worry about anything, has so much fun, loves people. That's what it comes back down. See, this is the way that God created us. Yes, you've got hurts. Every one of us do. And that light exposes something inside of you. The reason why the word says that it cuts to the joints and marrow is because it's what holds us together. Listen, fear screams, but faith always overcomes fear. We have to fill the faith. The word, the Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. If you're stuck in fear, don't listen to the world because it will scream fear. Listen to the word because faith always, always, always overcomes fear. When you turn the light on and it's pitch black, does the light struggle to find a room? It overtakes it instantly. It's the exact same thing. So that's what it comes back down to. The power of the word is so vital in our lives. Matthew 4, 4 says this, but Jesus told him, speaking to the devil, he says, no, the scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. There is so much value in the word of God in our lives. See, this can't be a decoration we put on our mantle. Can't be a decoration that sits on the nightstand. Can't be a decoration that when you know people are coming over, oh, I'm going to put this out on my chair. It just happened to, oh, I forgot to put my Bible away. So people walk in going, oh, wow, they really are spiritual. Let's stop showing it. Let's live it. It's applied by the word of God. Because here's the deal. I shouldn't have to hear you tell me how much the word is in your life. I should be able to see how much the word is in your life. 
And that only happens by you in that innermost closet, the time that you're just, it's just you and God reading the word every day. It's not about reading the book. It's about understanding the word and the instructions our father gave us. See, 2 Timothy, the scripture I told you, chapter 3 is where we're going to start. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God. See, so this is, what, this is where, well, is the Bible really the Bible? Is that really God's word? This scripture tells us. See, here's the thing. You could say, well, yeah, but what if? See, if this scripture is not true, then the rest of the scriptures are not true. So this is either true or none of it's true. So if this scripture is true, then every other scripture is true. This is where it comes back to, where we put the confidence and trust in what this is. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do is right. God uses it to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. See, that's the key in the understanding. If you're taking notes, number one is this. The word of God is the key to lead you to the peace and humility we see every day. The word of God is the key to lead you to the peace and humility we see every day. See, as I walk through my journey with God, and I'm still on this amazing adventure with him, every day it's a new day. Every day is a new opportunity. As I've walked down this, the Lord has done amazing things in my life, but I have learned over time to apply the word of God. And one of the ways that I learned to do that was when I first got saved, I remember I got saved and my, bro- my stepbrother, he bought me a Bible and he handed it to me. And I was like, great, what do I do with this? Like, all I knew is you take it to church with you and when they say go to this scripture, you try to find it before they go to the next scripture. You know, table of contents was a key part. Like, it was like worn out there because I didn't know where scriptures were. And so he, I said, what do I do with this? And he said, read it. And I was like, okay, where do I start? I mean, this is a big book. Do I start in Genesis? And he said, well, start in the New Testament. I knew a little bit. I'd gone to church. And so, you know, kind of being self-centered, I was like, well, I know the perfect book to start with. It's the best book in the Bible, obviously. So I start with the book of Matthew, right? Right? Yes, best book. There we go. Yeah, there you go. And so I start with Matthew. I read Matthew 1. And I'm like reading this, and I'm like, okay, I'm reading about the genealogy of Jesus. And I'm like, how is this going to help me in life? Like, This is supposed to be a a book that will help me do all these things. I'm not sure how it is, so I keep working my way through. And every day I'm reading more and more. And and, and it wasn't about, oh, I need to read the whole book of Matthew. I need to read a chapter a day. I was reading what I could get. So maybe that's five verses. Maybe that's 25 verses. Maybe that's two chapters, three chapters, whatever it is I could get that day. But I remember I came to a scripture. And for the first time, it wasn't just reading scripture. Something changed. I got to Matthew chapter six and I got to, the sermon on, oh, I got to the Sermon on the Mount and I started reading it and I started getting more and more intrigued with it. And I got to Matthew six, verse 33. And the Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That is Matthew six thirty-three. For the first time I looked at it and I was like, how does this apply to me? Well, let's just break it down. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means seek God first. I can do that. Well, what's that look like? And I started asking, this is a conversation I'm having in my head. 
I don't know if you guys have conversations you have, but I have them all the time. And this is a conversation like I answer myself too, which is quite weird. But anyways, so we're having a conversation. We're talking through this and, I, and, I, and I'm going and I'm like, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay, so if I seek you first, what's gonna happen next? That means by seeking your word and seeking what you would have me do, it says that I will find you, that I'll, I'll seek after you and that you're gonna take care of basically all my needs. All I have to do is seek you. I don't have to worry about those because you said you would take care of it. So now I started to realize that. Oh, okay, well, I'm gonna seek you first. That means in every decision. That doesn't mean when things are going great. That doesn't mean when things are going bad. That means at all times, seek you first. And so I started to apply those things. And you know what I realized is that I didn't know how to pray because I would hear these people that would get up here and they would pray these elegant, amazing prayers. And I was like, I'm not very good at poetry. Like, I don't like rhyme well, and I don't do all those things like that. So God, here's what I got. I'm gonna talk to you. That's all I got. So I would talk to him all the time. People would think I was talking to myself. Yeah, no, I was talking to God. And I would say, God, I don't know what to do, but I know this, you said that if I'll seek you first, you'll take care of all my needs. Okay, God, I'm gonna seek you first. I don't know what that means, but God, you're, lead me, I'm ready. I'm just gonna go, but I need you to be there. And all of a sudden I started seeing God move into my life more and more. And then I got to verse 34 that says, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. And I was like, ooh, I like that one. Because I had a lot of worry and stress and anxiety in my life that, that, that I didn't let a lot of people know. I just dealt with it. But I was like, I don't want to worry about that stuff. I want to be chill. I want to be laid back. I want to be that guy. Because that's where my peace was. And so I said, well, wait a minute. That means I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I just got to deal with today. I can do that. Because all I'm going to do is seek you today. And that's all I need to do. And all of a sudden, Scripture started becoming real. Now, I can't tell you that I got it all figured out. I still don't. I realized very quickly, I may take one step right and 28 steps wrong. But when I make those 28 steps, all of a sudden I find myself in a spot over here that I shouldn't be. The first thing I do is I remember back to that verse. What do I have to do? Seek you first. Oh, that's right. Let me seek you first. Let me start back down this path because you said you would take care of all, all my needs. See, that's how you learn to apply the word. That's how you learn to apply that into our everyday life. And it's a decision we choose to make. Because understand, this may be very basic, but if we don't have the basics, we don't have the foundation, we can't build. We can't grow up. We can't learn to apply these things. And I will tell you this, I played at a very high level in baseball, and the things I was being taught at the highest level I got to were the same things I was being taught when I was in fourth grade learning to pitch. It's the exact same things. The foundations and fundamentals you learn are the things that will always sustain your base. They'll always sustain because you always go back to the fundamentals you know. And that's where it comes back down to. See, what I have learned in my life is this. What keeps you from trusting God in the present is your attachment to the past. If I can't learn to apply this word that the past is the past and that it doesn't dictate where I'm going in the future, then I'll never get to the future. See, the Lord teaches us I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. How's the enemy work? He only knows to today. He has no idea what's gonna happen in the future. Not a clue. Because he's not God. But what does he deal with each and every one of us all the time on? Our past. See, the enemy's always gonna point out the past in our everyday life. This is what it comes back down to. If I can't get out of the past, I'll never be able to go to the future. 
I can't get my eyes on God by focusing on what I did in the past. I need to let God heal me of that so that I can deal with today so that we can go to tomorrow. It's a decision we choose to make. See, that's what it comes back down. When you choose to apply the word of God, you have to set the standard of God above all the thoughts that the world or your mind will, will scream, will throw, and try to tell you. You've got to look at it and say, this is the standard of God. This is what they're asking me to do. That's not where I'm supposed to be. I need to be here. That's what it comes back down to. Isaiah 55, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. I want you to understand this because there's times that we think we've got God figured out. And that's the moment that we should know right away that we're wrong. We're in a place we don't understand God. Isaiah 55, and for time's sake, I'm going to go ahead and start. Keep turning there. Um, Isaiah 55, 8 says this. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. What he's saying is, is this, is that farmers understand this. They have no control over that water. They have no control over the rain or the snow, that the Lord controls it all, that his ways are higher and greater than ours, that you can try to control it, but you'll never have success. The Lord is telling us very simple. My ways are higher and greater than yours. You won't understand why I'm asking you to do what you're doing. Verse 11, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. See, I mark that up. It always produces fruit. No matter what it says in your scriptures right there, I would highlight that thing and I would put that in my heart. I would know this, that it's your word, Father, that you said will always produce fruit. So Lord, when I put this in my life, I know this, fruit's being produced. When I apply this, I know this, fruit's being produced. When I apply this, I know that fruit's being produced. See, when it comes back to marriage, it says that husbands are to serve their wives, to love their wives as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do for the church? Christ died for the church. Christ gave up everything in their lives to do that. Now, I can tell you, I am terrible at this at times, but I try to get better at it every day because I know this, when I try to focus on dying to myself and serving my family, serving my wife, and making it more about them than me, my marriage is more successful. Do you know why? Because I'm applying the word of God and there's always fruit that's produced behind it. When I become about me and I take the word of God out of what I'm doing, my marriage suffers. It's the same thing in life. It always produces fruit when I do what it says. Verse 12, you will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name and the everlasting sign of his power and love. See, this is what's awesome. When I read verse 11, so I understand his ways are higher and greater than mine. I don't need to try to figure out God. I have enough trying problems figuring out me. So I don't need to worry about this. I just need to trust what he's saying. If he tells me to step left foot first, not right foot, I don't need to try to figure out why he's telling me to step left foot first. I just need to step left foot first and trust him that this is what he's asking me to do. Yeah, but I've always stepped right foot first. Doesn't matter, step left foot first. It doesn't matter. Just trust him. That's all I, I don't know why. It doesn't matter. Remember, his ways are higher and greater than ours. So we trust in that. 
And then it goes to verse 11, which is one of my favorite verses. This is what you come back to. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. I know this, when I apply your word and I step left foot first, it's producing fruit. Then it goes on. It will accomplish all I want it to. It will accomplish. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. So when I step left foot first because he told me to, I'm applying the word of God. This is what it comes back down to. When we choose to do that, it changes how we view, how we talk, how we act, how we do everything. And this is what I want you to get. The value of that is so vital in our lives. It's so amazing. And so we continue to walk this out, and this is a prosper in our lives. See, when you learn to trust in the Lord, you learn the promises are true. Number two, if you're taking notes, the word of God is the key to finding truth and joy in your dreams. Once again, the word of God is the key to finding truth and joy in your dreams. See, a few years ago, I used to work, I, I was on staff here at the church. And when I transitioned from the position I was here on, at the church over to the job I'm at right now, uh, it, it was very hard. It, it was difficult. Um, there were many days that, uh, in fact, people asked me, would you go back? And I was like, yep, in a heartbeat. Yep, I'd go back. Yep, I would have gone back. Because it was very difficult. There were things that people will never know that, my family, and that I had to go through. And I kept questioning the Lord because I really felt like the Lord called me to do it. And today, I still feel that the Lord called me to do it. When the Lord calls you to do something, it's not always gonna be, you know, fields of daisies and walking through and it's gonna be these things. Sometimes you're gonna have to walk through mud and the junk to find the diamond that God has called you to, to find the gym, to find those things. You're gonna have to go through some junk to get there. But if you will focus day by day on him, everything will change. See, one of the things that the Lord showed me was this in, in James chapter 4, verse 2. It says, you have not because you ask not. So I started realizing this, this verse, and I started understanding a little bit more about this. And, and this verse, very simply, says, you have not because you ask not. And so this was the verse that the Lord put on my heart before I took that position, and it started transitioning my thought process. You have not because you ask not. So as I started to apply this, it started to change everything. See, one of the ways was um, I'm, I went over to Trinity Christian School and I was the athletic director. And one of our coaches was putting a new team together. It was our softball team. And I remember the coach was sitting in my office and she was about to cry because we didn't have enough girls to play softball. We didn't, we, we, when we first started, we had 11 girls and we had three drop off. We had eight. Well, you have to have nine at least at least. And I remember looking at her and we were talking and I just felt a peace about it. And I remember as we were talking back and forth, the thought kept crossing my mind, you have not because you ask not. And I finally looked at her and I said, have you prayed about it? And she said, well, well, yeah. And I said, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I don't want a generic like, Lord, I need your help prayer. I mean, have you prayed about this? Be specific. And she said, well, no. And I said, well, let's pray. So we prayed. And so she had eight girls that were committed at this point. She went from eight to 12, so she gained four girls. Boom, like that, she was rejoicing. Within like a couple days. All of a sudden, we dropped to seven. Five of them said, I'm not playing anymore. And now we don't have a team at all. This is a few months before, and all of a sudden, from the day that we prayed, long story short, we got to this moment. We had to find something. The Lord put something on our heart to go share with all the girls 
And all of a sudden, she got to 14 girls. See, you could go back to this moment and you could say, was it really that prayer? Well, I know this. If I trust the word of God, he says you have not because you ask not. We prayed, we asked, and we received. See, that's what it comes back down to. If we're unwilling to pray and trust him in this area, it causes lots of issues. There is power in the word and when we pray. See, I had to trust the Lord to take a step in a new arena. Even though I didn't know what it was gonna do, I knew I had to trust him for it. And I knew this, I didn't have it because I didn't ask for it. So I started praying, asking the Lord daily for the wisdom and the guidance. I started asking the Lord for whatever we needed, whether it be material, whether it be a coach, whether it be whatever it is, I just started asking the Lord daily. And the Lord answered every single time. Now, I want it fast food. Sometimes it's a crock pot. It takes a little while to get there. But don't lose faith. John 17, 17, and I'll begin to close with this thought. I love this verse, and I came across this the other day. John 17, 17, it says this, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Talking about the power of the word. See, listen, if we don't have truth in our lives, we can't truly experience anything because there's always false things that are out there. And that's what it comes back down to. The the third point here is the word of God is the key to experience true peace, true humility, and true joy. It's the truth that comes. We We have to learn to let the word of God be the light and the truth in all areas. We have to learn to speak it out. We have to walk it out every single day of our lives. Even if we don't know what that means, I'm gonna show you because if I can't pray scripture in my everyday life, it just becomes words that are on a page. But when I take these these words and I start to apply them to a prayer and then I start to apply them to my steps, you watch how things change. They change everywhere. Now I'm gonna show you very quickly how how to apply this and pray. If you have that verse, go ahead and throw that up. We're gonna start with Proverbs 3, verse five. This is the same scripture that Sydney shared just a little while ago. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. This is how you pray out that scripture. Remember, prayer is a conversation between you and God. It doesn't have to be all the same. You can be in the car. You could be walking from your bedroom to the kitchen. It doesn't matter where you are because it's a conversation that you have between you and God. He's always ready to listen. And this is how you pray this. You first of all are vulnerable and you say, Lord, I don't do very well at trusting in you with all my heart. But Lord, I want to. I wanna do better at that. I know I have doubts. I know I have issues in my life that are holding me back. But Lord, I want to trust you. So Father, I trust you. I will state that by faith right now, I trust you. And I don't want to depend on my own understanding because I always mess up, but I know this, you're always there. I want to trust you. I don't want to depend on my own understanding. So I'm going to seek you in all that I do today. I'm going to trust you in everything. And I know this, that when I trust you in those, you will show me the path to take. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. That's how you pray that scripture out. And then that sits on your heart. Seek, not my understanding, my will, but 
God. Okay, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And you apply that, whether you work with computers or you, whether you work with, I don't know how to deal with that person, God, but you do. I need your help. You walk that out. Another verse is this. Joshua 1, 8, 9 says this, study this book of instruction continually. See, I've talked to many people. They're like, I don't understand how to read this. I don't understand that. Well, I'm going to show you. This is how you learn to read it. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my commandment. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's how you pray. Lord, I want to study your word. I'm studying and I I wasn't very good in school, but I know that you can help me in this area. So Father, I I choose to study your word, whether it be one scripture or a hundred scriptures, Lord, I'm going to get them. I want to meditate on it day and night. I want to meditate on this word and I need your help because I know this when I meditate on it, then I can obey it. I want to put this in, but Father, I know this. When I choose to do those things, I'm going to focus on that. And I'm going to let you do what you do. And you said this, only then that I'll prosper. Father, I'll have prosperity and success in my life and all that I do, because I'm going to meditate on your word. That's my job. I know you've got the rest. And then I understand this, Father. This is your command to me. Be strong and courageous. So Lord, I'm gonna build up through the scripture. I'm gonna find a scripture that I can hold on to, that it's like a shield, that I know whatever's facing me, I hold that shield up and it will protect me. Whatever that scripture is, Father, I thank you that it's gonna be this and I'm gonna hold on to it and I'm gonna be strong and courageous. I will not be afraid. I won't be discouraged for I know that you are with me wherever I go. That's how you pray in Jesus' name, amen. You finish that right there. That's how you pray out of scripture. This is one of the ones I would tell you, you need to mark down Psalms 91. You've heard people talk about it, but open your Bibles and pray this prayer. It says this, if you will make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Here's how you pray it. Father, I pray Psalms 91. I thank you, Lord, that you teach us that if I will make you my refuge, that if you will be my shelter, that no evil will conquer me, that no plague will come near my home or family. Lord, that you will order your angels to protect me, to protect my family, protect my home, and that you will, they will hold me up no matter what. And so, Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. See, I pray this all the time. I thank you, Father, that your angels are encamped about us inside and out, protecting our home, protecting our children, protecting our thoughts. I thank you. I invite your Holy Spirit to be a part of my thoughts, my dreams tonight. Every night before I go to bed, I say those prayers over my kids, over my family, over everybody. And that's just simply, I, sometimes I lay my hands on them and I do it. Sometimes I'm just walking around locking doors. But I do it every single day because I understand this. I want what this says to be a part of my life. Don't let it just be words on a page. Let it be a scripture that is resonating in your heart. Meditate on it day and night. Pray those out. And you know what you're going to do? When you start praying this every day, all of a sudden you'll start quoting it. It'll just start coming out of you. 
It'll just start being a part of it. One of the things is uh, this last week we were with uh, my wife's grandparents, Pastor, Stormy, Pastor Stormy's parents. And they are incredible, incredible. Just a man and woman of God. They, they, they are so connected to the word of God. And I asked them this question. I said, tell me the scriptures you guys pray. And these are just a few. It was amazing. I asked my, uh, we call him tough, uh, Terry Swan. And, and I remember asking him and, and I said, how many? And he started rattling them off. And I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. I can't get these. And I was trying to type them in. And he was just, he would not only say them, he would quote it, he would pray it, he would do that. I mean, he had it down. And he said, this is what I pray over my family every day. Every day, over all of us. And I'm so grateful that I've got that heritage in our family that has been spoken over us. You know, there's two other scriptures I would encourage to add. And if you have your notes, mark this down. Ephesians chapter one, verse 15 through 23. And Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. If you will apply those two into your everyday life, you'll see major changes, major changes. You'll understand God in a new way beyond what you could even imagine. See, here's the deal. And this is what I wanna to get to. This is, this is where it culminates to, this entire message. See, this word, I can look at it in two ways. I can choose whatever I want to focus on. This can be a whole lot of do's and don'ts. You can't, you cannot. You won't, you will not. Or I can look at it as a letter that's from my Father. So, you know, the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? A lot of us know that. Problem is we miss that first part, our Father. When I view this, our Father, that he wrote this to me, oh, it changes everything. Because now it's not about rules to follow. It's about a guideline of love. That he's saying, listen, I love you. I want the best for you. And here's what I have to tell you. See, kids are good at this. Kids are really good at this. See, my kids, they used to come up and they would say, Dad, can we get some ice cream? And I'm like, yeah, we can go get some ice cream later. You know what they would do if I got busy doing something? Hey, Dad, you said we could go get ice cream. Can we go get ice cream now? No, 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 we'll get it later. Five minutes later, you know where they're at saying? Dad, you said we could go get ice cream. Can we go get ice cream? They held me to my word and they will do it on and on and on. It could be midnight. Dad, you said we could go get ice cream. We go get ice cream. They're all closed. Yeah, but Dad, you said we could go get ice cream. Dude, there's nothing I can do. But you said we could go, you know what? They held on to that word. It's the same thing with this. When I view this, that my father wrote this to me, and it changes everything. But a lot of times we struggle with certain things. And one of the things that we struggle with is how we view ourselves in God's eyes. And we have this mindset. See, you know, when I was 10 years old, I was playing baseball. And I can remember, I can remember specifically, my brother was the catcher. I was on the mound and it was 10, 10 year olds, 11 year olds and 12 year olds. And I was little skinny 10 year old. And they had a rule that 10 year olds had to pitch so much every, every, every week they had to pitch so many innings. And so my dad was a coach. And so I worked on pitching a lot and I was okay. And so, you know, I was our best option. So he threw me out there. And I remember they had this guy, my, my brother's a sixth grader at this time. And, and there's a sixth grader that's on third base. And I remember he's like six, eight, 250. In, in sixth grade, I mean, he's huge. I don't know if he's that big, but you know, yeah, you know, when you're little, you, th you see that thing. And I remember I always used to look up to him and he was big and scary. And I remember he's sitting on third base and, I, and I'm pitching and I threw a ball and it got by my brother. 
I'm going to say it was his fault, but probably was. Anyways, so it goes by him, and it goes to the backstop, and the runner on third starts running home. So it's a pitcher you have to run, and you have to tag him out before he gets it. So I run back, and the, the backstop's about, I don't know, five feet away. <laughs> and so I'm running down there, and I'm looking at this giant running at me. I mean, I'm like scared out of my mind going, okay, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do but I'm going to try the best I can. So I get up there and I remember I'm looking this way and I'm looking that way. I'm looking this way and I'm looking that way. I'm looking this way and I'm looking that way. I'm looking this way and all of a sudden I look back and the ball's already been thrown and it's coming right there. And it misses my glove and hits me right in the face. And the next thing I remember is my dad was out on the field and he was holding me, he was holding me up. I don't remember what happened. I don't know if it was seconds that that happened, like he ran out right after that. I don't know if the guy scored. I don't know what happened. I just remember that he came out and I was in my dad's arms and I'm looking up and he goes, are you okay? And he, I said, yeah, I think I'm okay. And, and we got to talking and he said, do you need anything? And my dad used to drink Diet Pepsi, even though it was disgusting. I was like, I need a drink of Diet Pepsi. And so he went and got me a drink of Diet Pepsi and it was the answer, I don't know. But I remember after I got that drink, I'm standing there and he looks at me and he says, do you think you can keep going? Because I think you can. And I remember those words, I think you can. And it was at that moment I said, yeah, I think I can do it. Up until then, I thought, no, I'm done. I'm gonna go sit on the bench. I'm, I'm done for the day. I mean, a six, eight giant just ran me over. And I remember going through all those things. But the thought came back to me this week. Even though in that moment I failed, I didn't get the guy out. I didn't win. I didn't get done what I was supposed to get done. My father was there to pick me up, wipe the dust off, and send me back out there, knowing that he had my back the whole time. See, in life, we deal with this. If I don't know him as my father, I'll know him as God. And when I see him as God, I see him as a judge. And when I have a judge, they're always out to get me. But when I see him as a father, even when I mess up, he's there to pick me back up, dust me off, and send me right back out, knowing he's right there with me. That's what it comes back to in our lives. If I can't see God as my father, these will never make sense to me. And so if you've had trouble with that, I guarantee it's the perspective you have of him and of that. It's just a book or it's the word of God. And so if you're in this place or if you're on live show, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes. And if you're sitting at home watching right now, don't get distracted by the things that are around you. Don't be thinking about what you have to do next. I want you to stop for just a moment. And if you're in this room or if you're at home and I want you to ask the simple question, Lord, what are you speaking to me today? Maybe it was that last story that all of a sudden hit home. Maybe it was scripture that I talked about earlier that is hitting home with you. Maybe it's something, I don't know what it was, but there was something that was in the message that just kind of tugged on you. And you know this, man, I've really got to develop that relationship with us better. And so if you're in this place or you're sitting at home with your head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you to open your heart and I want you to ask that question, Lord, what do you have for me today? If you're there at home or you're here and you realize I need a relationship totally different than I've ever had with God. I need to know him as my father. I want to pray with you. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, 
all across this place. If that's you, I just want to see your hand. Would you just lift it up in the air and say, will you pray for me? I want that relationship. I see those hands going up. Listen, I know there's hands that are going up in homes right now, all across America. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. I will tell you, if I hadn't made that decision, I don't know if I'd be here today. But knowing my father has changed everything. So as I look across this room one last time, or if you're at home and you know that's you, just lift your hand up in there and say, that's me. God recognizes it. And I wanna lead you in a prayer. Father, you see all these hands. You know all these people that are here, Father. I thank you for what you're doing in their hearts and their lives. I pray, Father, that you would become so real to them, that they may know who you are and know everything about you. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. I pray that your word becomes a written love story, a love note to your children, and they recognize and understand how valuable it can be in our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing there. If you're at home and you raise your hand or you're in this place and you raise your hand, I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer. Pray it loud enough that you can hear it with your own ears. And for those of you that didn't, would you pray this in encouragement of everybody so that everybody across the world is praying this same prayer. Would you say this? Say, Father, I invite you to be the Father of my life, to be the Lord of my life. I thank you for sending your Son to give me life. I confess Jesus as Lord of my life and believe in my heart that he's alive and living in me. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me and all that I do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, I want to do this. Because I know this, it's great to hear a message, great to have those moments, but I wanna seal it. And one of the best ways we can seal it is by singing the word of God out. And so I'm gonna ask if you would stand to your feet. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.